A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Red Men Originals podcast. I'm Steve Hall, joined by Chris Page, at Chloe Bloxham, and Dan Club for this episode. That is sponsored by our good friends at HelloFresh, and we'll get to that in a moment. Get in, uh, boys. If you're wondering where Paul is, by the way, he is... In the forest. He's, I think he's on his way back from Belgium, as he speaks. Yeah, we were invited. Thanks to everyone at Union Saint-Gilois. I got the name, I think, right there. They invited us down to go to their game yesterday against Club Bruges. So Paul gladly took that opportunity. Uh, spoke to a few people down there. We all have more content around that already. I think if you go and check out Mace TV, you'll already see some of the stuff he's done there. But so I am gladly filling in. I am the Joe Gomez to the Costas Timacas of the podcast. So we'll see how that one pans out. Uh, didn't work out too well for Liverpool yesterday. But before we get into all that, I did just mention that today's episode of the Red Men Originals podcast is sponsored by our good friend at HelloFresh. So yeah, check out all of this amazing information and save yourself some boss money on some boss food. Yeah, there you go. Another expert meal from HelloFresh cooked by Mr. Chris Page. Actually, look like you enjoyed that one. It was you really nice. That spaghetti there. Yeah, mate, it was, uh, it was noodles and it was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know what? I've started ordering from them. It, they are really good. I'm really impressed with it. Have you used our discount code of Redmen6025? I don't think it was live, <laughs> but I used that old one. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you want to get yourselves involved, get 60% off your first box from HelloFresh and then 25% off your next eight boxes. Click the link in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or indeed if you're listening on your podcast, there's a link in the description too. Use that code REDMEN6025 and yeah, get yourselves involved with our good friends over at HelloFresh. Food is delicious and excellent service and basically, yeah, brilliant, Andy Chris. Absolutely fun. As Chris Pajak would say, absolutely superb. Do I say that a lot? A lot. Oh, yeah. Almost as Dan, as much as Dan says, horses for courses. Oh my God. Dan does like a horses for horses. Yeah. Wasn't it something else? Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, we horses for courses, yes. I we, agree. We, yeah. we all have them, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Crack on anyway. Yeah. Hello, Fresh. Thanks very much. Sponsors, get yourselves involved right then. Try to delay it as much as we can, but we do have to talk about the Reds again. Um, Liverpool won. Luton one or rather Luton one Liverpool one. Chloe, I'll come to you first. Um, don't want to speak too much about the ins and outs of the game itself because I know everyone, or most guys here and girls yourself included were on the post match content yesterday or this morning. But that is now five games in a row away from home where Liverpool haven't beaten a newly promoted side. To do three all with yeah. Brentford, to do two all with Fulham, got beat by Bournemouth, got beat by Nottingham Forest, and then have just drawn drawn on Luton. Um, was it was it more of the same or was it more of a different kind? Because the stats suggest Liverpool actually could have beaten Luton the, the, the XG and all that. The one common theme I've noticed is that in all those games, even the three all, 
Liverpool missing chances and it comes back to bite you on the backside. Is that a bit of complacency where it's like, oh, well, we'll just score the next one? Yeah, I um, I didn't think, I thought for some reason maybe the attitude or something would have changed towards these kind of games. It seems like every time we play a newly promoted side, we play down to their level instead of keeping our consistency. And it felt like yesterday Liverpool very much was like, well, we're Liverpool, so we're going to win because it's we're Liverpool and you're Luton. Um, and throughout the game, even in the first half, I mean, the first 30 minutes was all right. I thought Darwin Nunes, you know, had a couple of shots outside the area. The one that he hits the bar, I think he does brilliantly with. Um, and he just gets a bit unlucky. Diego Jota had a chance. But aside from that, the movement wasn't there. Um and we kind of, it was always a sense of, oh, but don't worry, because we've got 60 minutes to score, because we've got a second half here to score. Um, but the pressure builds, and when the pressure builds, you feel desperate, and you do things that, you know, you try and rush the play, you do balls into the box, which we were doing countless times, which were just absolutely awful. Um, there was no quality on the pitch in the final third, which was a big, big problem. Um, and when you have the likes of, you know, Salah having an off day, you need someone else, and usually there is someone else, but it was... Darwin was having an off day Salah was having an off day Diego Jota was having an off day the only person who didn't have an off day was very much a Harvey Elliott and then Luis Diaz uh, in an attacking sense who came on I thought Ryan Gravenberch was, was decent as well um, but yeah it was same old same old it felt very much like last season in these types of games uh, and it's something Liverpool needs to cut out quickly because you've just mentioned there um, you know the last five against newly promoted sides it's got to be a mental attitude or something because on paper Liverpool are a much better team than Luton Luton have been battered by everyone near aside from Everton um, and yet I came out of that and if we would have lost 1-0 I couldn't have argued with it either even with the chances that we had I suppose as well Dan like I want to speak about team selection in a bit, but in yeah. terms of attitude, like I'll be honest, I felt like the attitude at the start was all right. Yeah. In those other games, I think back to Liverpool crap from like pretty much the first kickoff. In all of them, they, they, they missed big chances. Obviously, the bomb of one nil, Salah misses the penalty. Forrest was the one where Van Dijk misses like three himself. You had the Brentford one where against Salah and Mane both missed chances. Fulham was the same. Yeah. This one. It, it was kind of that, but it, it never. In obviously Darwin has a couple. Obviously the miss itself, which we, do, we obviously the offside and all that. I never got the sense from the start it was an attitude thing. It was almost like we got dragged into Fulham. In, sorry, into Luton's game. Like yeah. they they dragged like close. We we got dragged into the game they wanted it to be, and the best sides don't allow other teams to do that. You, you just play your game. And I think teams of that ilk have done that to us all too often, to be honest with you. Not only newly promoted sides, but sides that play that particular way. They kind of do drag us down to a level, take us into the trenches a little bit with them. And I think that definitely happened yesterday. It's frustrating, really. I'm disappointed from a Liverpool perspective that we allowed that to happen because I spoke in the match build-up show and I thought this new Liverpool side with the new faces, new leadership group wouldn't allow the same errors to occur that we've seen last season in particular. But it was very reminiscent of those type of performances especially the Nottingham Forest one it was like watching that same game over again personally it was really hard but yeah I was I was disappointed with that I think quality wise I think the early signs were good from our perspective but it never quite happened for us but as Chloe mentioned it felt like even as a fan but it felt like the team thought okay we'll get the next one the next one will come along and the more and more the game goes on like that Luton start to believe it might be their day as well but I think 
The biggest concern for me, really, is the fact that how many teams now will have watched that? And Luton, likewise, Rob Edwards spoke before the game, said, oh, we've been working all week on a plan. How many teams will have watched that and previous performances against those type of sides and gone, there's your blueprint, that's what you do. You, you make it hard, go through the middle, so you push them wide, you make them hit crosses into the box, and then we're massive at the back, so we'll just win all our headers. There's a little bit of that yesterday, and it got more and more, like Clovis, it's got more and more desperate as the game went on. And if I'm honest, we never really looked like scoring in a conventional manner. It never looked like we were going to score a sort of an archetypal Liverpool goal after the first half an hour. It felt like we might have needed a penalty, like the handball, something like that, or even that skewed Salah header. We needed something almost to bounce our way and we were never going to sort of create something out of our own accord. I suppose, Chris, as well, it, like, you could just look at, again, I go back to the, the that's five away against promoting sides, Liverpool failed to win, and you could just look at them individually and go, well, it's, that's just coincidence. There's just five different games of footy, and it is what it is. Or you could look, I'm guessing you'd want to look for a pattern, because surely it can't be coincidence now. I don't know if it's... How many of those five are this season? Well, that was the first, first one. one. So, so it was. Right, so they, I think that's the problem with yeah, looking back yeah. at last season. You're comparing teams. one game compared to a different team. Yeah, yeah. I was and I think that's where I think I think we've been a little bit too reactionary, to be honest with yeah. you. And I was the same last night. Don't get me wrong. I was I was as fuming as anybody else. But you're emotional after a football match, and especially one where you feel like Liverpool should do much better, and they should be beating Luton. I'm not I'm not suggesting for a second they shouldn't, but like we're turning on a side that's really ahead of where it probably should be yeah. when you consider where, how bad we were last season and stuff like that so for me you're always going to get bumps in the road whenever you're building a side every great Liverpool side has had bumps in the road I think what what we've been able to do this season is nothing short of remarkable to be honest in turning the midfield losing your captain losing most of your leadership group and still being able to sort of turn it round and, and get results so Yes, you're right, five on the bounce. But when you actually take a step back and consider that's the first one this season and we're a third of the way into the into the league season, yeah, it's a poor result, but everyone has an off day. They're all human. They didn't mean it. We should have had the game wrapped up in the first 30 minutes. I think we did create enough chances. Luton then gained a little bit of confidence from, from that from not being behind and they've hit us on the break and that unfortunately is you know people were saying to me last night you know it's not why Why would the six make a difference the six would make a difference because McAllister's spidey sense when it comes to danger isn't there and Harvey Elliott on the edge of the area should have done better with the ta- challenge but ultimately you called it during comms Chloe McAllister hasn't seen the danger from Chong he's ran past him he started sprinting far too late proper DM with proper understanding of what's happening would have would have I think solved that and you know for me the big problem tactically from yesterday was that the, the best thing we've done this season is we've intermixed this sort of box midfield with continued support from the wings so Trent hasn't always gone into the centre last night it very much felt like he's played the entire game in the centre midfield and when you are asking and getting to that sort of part of the game where you've run out of ideas and it happens to teams all the time um, over the course of a season, you run out of ideas, you whip crosses in, Trent's got to be the lad whipping the cross in. Yeah. He's, got, he's the best crosser of the football we've got and yet he's playing central into the area where Luton are defending really well. So we played into their hands and unfortunately the, I don't think the substitutions worked in the way that Klopp had them planned in his head and stuff like that. But to just throw the baby out of the bathwater and like so many people last night were going to me, Nunes out. And like he's been brilliant this season. Like he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. This is the exact time as a Liverpool fan you should be putting your arm around the, around the players. If you're in the ground you support on that side through thick and thin you should do the same if you're at home yep and I was about to say Dan and this is kind of uh, uh, moving on 
I mentioned there before, but Bournemouth nil one, Nottingham Forest nil one, both last season. Got a comment here from A Naz, and I was kind of going to bring this up next, but I might as well do it now. It's like you know, the, the small bit of respite that we managed to actually pick the edge up enough to find the equaliser last season with the blanked. Yeah. And this is my point in those games last season, and so often. And again, I'm comparing apples to oranges. You understand, because we're new players, but we did question the mentality and the desire and the. I don't know. Did he give a toss? Basically, I think yeah. that was. You can't argue with Liverpool yesterday. I didn't want sense that. I felt they were getting frustrated at times, but it was never a case of there was no like going through, yeah, there was no going through the motions, yeah. and they do they do get a very good equaliser. And we'll speak about yeah. Diaz later, of course. But that is the that is the, the main difference, I think, especially from those ones last season where it looked hard graft, and like mm. they and like they really didn't want to put that hard graft in. Everyone yesterday really did. They might not have all played well, but I don't think you can say anyone walked off there without having put a shift in. No, and that is the big difference. Absolutely, I was at that Bournemouth game there. We didn't put a shift in whatsoever that day. We were miles off it from one to eleven, from minute one to ninety. We'd have been lucky to escape with the point had Salah scored the penalty to be honest because we just just didn't look up for the fight by any stretch of imagination and yesterday as you mentioned you've got to give them credit even though they were having an off day it's hard to find positives from a result and indeed a performance like that but there were one or two and I think one of them is definitely the fact that they did really stand up to be counted albeit the quality was lacking and it wasn't quite clicking for anyone that day but they never went oh well this is not just not our day is it? and just shirked it and went well we'll just get beat and whatever what will be will be and also Chloe mentioned I think Gravenberch is really good and I think that's a positive because Gravenberch has been good to Liverpool since he came in but generally in good performances and when Liverpool have played well he's come on and added a little bit but yesterday we were crap and he stood out so I think that's a positive as well but yeah I think we all say a week on week out last year saying that we just don't fancy it anymore do we it's just gone that bottle that mentality that made us different from the rest is just completely gone it's, it's, it's evaporated that's not the case anymore so that's a big plus I, I think the, the other thing with the, with probably this performance and difference I think the manager's got it wrong to be honest with you and I think he's got it wrong with his rotation in midweek Yes, and I think he's got it wrong with his substitutes at the weekend now that, that can happen obviously whereas last season I wasn't blaming the manager I was blaming the players yeah. whereas this time I am actually looking at it going why the hell did we start those lads midweek and then ask them to go again so was like, yeah I was going to say Steve, Steve Rider in, in the chat there so was like look like he needs the rest I was going to I, I imagine we want to it now two guys who I, whose judgement I trust a lot when it comes to footy first of all Dan Kennett he said we really need to think about our Carabao rotation strategy is what Dan said over on Twitter and then Matt Ladson obviously from This Is Anfield and from 442 as well he says I was surprised both Salah and Soboslai started to be Bournemouth played 90 and 76 no surprise both were offered against Luton at some point you have to decide Cups or League is the focus and do you think that's a fair criticism, Chris? I mean, you've just mentioned it as so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'll take the two players that Matt mentions there: Sobersly and Salah. I've got, I've got a feeling it might be trying to play Salah into form more than anything else. Because all right, he's getting his goals and assists and stuff like that, but he's looked crap for a month. Like, you know what I mean? So, I, I, like that, that, I don't think there's a fitness issue with Salah. So, I think he probably can do it. So, I think he's trying to play him into some kind of a form. But with Sobos, like, he looks tired. He looks like we've put too much on his plate too early on in his career. And the thing with Sobos, like, is he looks world class now already. But he's a young player, and young players don't have the consistency at that age. You know, th- there are the occasional once in a generation players, which I'm sure we're all thinking about right now, <laughs> who happens to play in a Madrid shirt, um, who maybe does have that consistency. But generally speaking, for 99% of the players, they don't have that consistency, and so we should expect to see Sobosly have a little dip here and there. This is he's been at, he's been our best player this season, bar maybe Allison, if you want to if you want to throw the goalkeeper in again. Um, so cut him some slack type of thing, and I think we all have, haven't we? Collect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, Chloe, 
Then it's also not his fault he was selected midweek. It's more of that for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Chloe, if you don't mind, come to you on it, is that like, Wednesday night to Sunday is a big gap. It really is. So I don't think you can say just because he played against Bournemouth, they'll be knackered for Luton. But maybe the cumulative effect because Sobislai's played every game pretty much. Even like, you know, he comes on in League Cup games. He's come on in Europe, in Europe a couple of times. It, maybe it was just one game too many in what's been a quite a, in, in a new period for me. Did look tired. I think we'd all agree. Maybe Salah. I don't think Salah looked tired. I think he just looked a bit rubbish. He's been rubbish for a few weeks. Like I thought he was rubbish in the derby. He just happened to score a couple of goals. You know what I mean? Like so, it's it's. I don't know. I, I get the points people are making, but also. If it was Champions League, you'd have played Wednesday, Sunday. Like you know, what I mean, I know we have to play away from home in the middle of a gale, and I understand that you know a hurricane. But I don't know. For me, it's a bit like I'm not sure it washes. Maybe it's more of a cumulative thing than just because they all played on Wednesday. Yeah, it's it's. I still wouldn't have risked it. I I, I think we were all stunned when he we seen Sobersly on the. I think he really wants to win the league cup. Maybe yeah, <laughs> maybe he does. But ultimately, we've said it time and time again. You're going up against the machine in in Manchester City, and they have the they've got the ability of what Liverpool don't. Manchester City were to play Luton yesterday, it would have been 4-0 by 30 minutes in and they would have been able to make subs. And their squad depth, you might look at it and think, oh, they're a bit sparse in there, but they, they kill games so early that they can make their five substitutions so quickly um, and take off their main players. And that is the problem with what Liverpool do. Liverpool are consistently still in games until the 70th minute most of the time. I mean, look at, you know, Wolves away. We had to do it, make a comeback. We had to do that several times. Lask was another one where we went behind first. Um, even, I mean, to lose, we ended up winning 5-1, but for, for a period of that, you thought, uh-oh, they're back in the game. And that is the difference between us and Manchester City, and, and that's maybe why he thinks, okay, well, I need I need some star quality, I need Soberstein, he's the one who can go again, because we've all mentioned his relentlessness. But what I think what we don't take into consideration is... Like he's literally Hungary's captain, so not just does he play every game for us, he's guaranteed nailed on to play ninety every single time he pl- he goes on a national team. Um, so that is also the problem. Um, there was also there was people in the comments talking about whether the coach home because they had to take a coach home from Bournemouth if that could you know have affected anything. If if people are blaming it on the fact that they had to get a coach back from Bournemouth to Liverpool, uh, I don't I I might knock you out um, <laughs> because what the hell is that? Um, but. Sabo has played a lot of football. It's, I think it's more and than I cube, think we've yeah. risked it a little Every bit. Every minute in the league. Every single minute in the league. We have to take him aside off. Aside from no, I, I suppose, no, mate. I suppose that, that he's been good. So it's like you don't take him off. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those that it's it's it's, it's always the how do you play it out? Like yeah. we are speaking close to the you're battling with Man City. Well, yeah, it might not be. We'll speak about that in part two. Like Jamie yeah. Carragher said, Liverpool aren't going to win the league. They're going for yeah. top four. So we'll see how it is. If Jürgen's plan this season is get top four and win a few cups. So we don't, we don't know what the plan's going to be. So we, it's worth mentioning. But I think, to be honest, I think a lot of it, and I kind of agree on, definitely Sobers like perhaps, but like, it's a little bit excuse making to be honest with you. Basically, for me, the lads just didn't play well. The manager got his team wrong and the lads didn't play well. Yeah. And that can happen. And in that situation, the best you can do is not get beat. Hopefully, it's a nick a winner and, 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 and scramble one out. But at least you don't get beat. It's, it's footy. You can't be perfect all if the time. You, if you win every game in this sort of was it a seven game run, yeah. that would have been amazing. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. and we all predicted it because of the teams that we were playing. But if you just drop two points, it's still a pretty good return on a yeah. on a on a bulk of games, isn't it? So but the problem is, you look at and we've already mentioned yeah. Man City and their power, and almost how perfect we know full well firsthand just how perfect you have to be to go course some distance to Manchester City. So it's really difficult. At the title race point, I get, and I think the sort of priority number one, bottom line for Liverpool will be top four. But you're in a title race until you're not, and if you're going to sort of rotate the side accordingly, thinking that you're not really in one, that feels. Like a bit mad to me, so I'm not so sure. But I get you want to win the cup, but you can. There was we spoke about possible lineups in midweek against Bournemouth without Sobersly involved. Yeah, you could have avoided that. I would say massively so. You could have avoided that. So I was shocked, gobsmacked by his inclusion, and then he puts in his worst performance in Liverpool shirt yesterday, and you kind of have to go, oh, do those two things? Mixed Thursday, interesting, don't it? We'll see because on yeah, because does, yeah. to lose on Thursday, Chris, I'll, Chris, I'll come to you. If Liverpool beat to lose, there's a very good chance they've won the group. So not only are they through, which they pretty much are, they win that group. And therefore, they don't have that stupid qualifier to play in the, in the next round. And the last two games are complete dead rubbers. And he can do whatever he wants against Union and Lask. He can play the reserves. He can do what he wants. A lot of people, and again, I'll go back to Matt, he said, I wouldn't have any of the first team anywhere near that trip to France. It'll be interesting to see what Jürgen thinks because the, there's a logic to that of rest them all for Brentford. There's also a logic to win that game and then don't worry about those other two games in December. It's, it depends, again, obviously, on how they've all pulled up in the next few days, but the manager has got another decision on Thursday night. Does, does he go and get this just done and dusted? Last, in Toulouse, it's probably the most difficult game we should play in the group, in theory. They're probably the best of the three oppositions. Go and win it, and then you just rest. And yeah, look, listen, with the squads that you've got and stuff, he ain't going to be taking over a, a team full of kids no. on, yeah. the, on the last two games. Regardless, <clears> there's going to be involvement from, I guess, five first-teamers in both of those games give or take for, you know, for the most part or certainly from your top 14, 15 players there might be 7 or 8, 9, 10 of them maybe involved the game too. in those other games anyway you've got to play, I think at this point you know we've seen over the years that Jürgen takes those games seriously remember when Jota got injured and everyone lost their yeah. minds yeah. about it yeah. everyone lost their minds about it but Jürgen had obviously got his reasons for it we've seen him do that before where he's randomly played Salah in a game and you think what the hell are you doing Jürgen and he brought like Salah that. on and that did rub against Porto yeah, I couldn't believe it, it, it he's, he's, he's got sort of a track record for doing this and I think you've got to look at the squad that you've got at the time and, and, and base on what's best for today and for this week and not for six weeks time in December you could have a mad injury crisis in December and you plan to not play all of these teams but you, you sacrifice the game against Toulouse because you thought you were worried about Brentford and then you might end up having to play all your lads in December anyway and in must win games right in the middle of a really tough part of the season so I think it's easier to sit on a couch and make decisions about yeah, it yeah. than actually live and breathe it like Jürgen does absolutely absolutely we're going to talk in a minute I want to, I want to end this part one on, on Luis Diaz obviously we'll get to that in a moment I think it's worth we have to talk about it Dan, and it's never nice but we've got a comment here from Luis, Lu, from Luis saying you know the Luton fans singing feed the scouts as well living in one of the, the most deprived areas in the country was almost laughable there's also the tragedy chant I know Jamie Carragher called that out yeah. Henry Winter I think has also called it out this morning like it's grim it is grim and, and, and no matter what people say about it either, either or and sometimes you get this with teams who come up and like they've heard other teams sing it so they think it's the done thing and all that but like Jamie Carragher put it right football fans as a collective need to be better than that like anyone who sings about tragedies or poverty in 2023 it was it was pretty grim from Luton's supporters to be fair oh yeah it's abhorrent it really is it's horrendous and I did have a preview actually uh, midweek with a Luton fan obviously and he he kind of alluded to it and didn't really pick up on it at the time he alluded to the fact that he hoped it didn't happen 
basically was what he said. He said, I mean, obviously he was going to the game. He said, I really hope I don't hear any sort of unnecessary chanting. It just kind of went along with the conversation. But now looking back, I go, that's clearly what he's referring to. I don't know where he, whether he had sort of an inclination. It might happen. But as you mentioned, in this day and age, and with what's going on in the world, let alone Luton or Liverpool, what's going on in the world is just absolutely disgusting. It's vile. And it's just cheap point scoring from the stands. And I, I'll never understand it. Ever, ever understand it. We see it, obviously, and hear it every single time anyone comes to Anfield. But I must admit, like you mentioned sort of coming up there, whether that is a factor, like you say, they have heard it done before and you think, oh, that seems like fun, let's do that. That felt like, obviously through the TV, that felt like one of the worst I've encountered because it was one after another. Like a real eating away is the worst. Where is eating away? <laughs> they really mean it. Really, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a joke. Eating away. Eating as in the the posh place. Yeah, the the posh place, yeah. I see, see what, I see what I say on that is. You could, maybe you get that like with all due respect and like, Luton isn't exactly like thrive all yeah, the time yeah but whatever no one should do matter, it yeah. no it yeah, doesn't matter yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter what you think uh, the, 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 kind of my point is that Chris I'll come to you like the poverty stuff again the always the victims is, is, it is it's it just it's, it's abhorrent it's awful and, and it should be banned out the, even the, the feed the scousers thing now it's like the whole country's on its arse a little bit you know what I mean like poverty's never been higher than it has now for a long time it, it does it is like Dan said, it's cheap point scoring, but it's also really callous and awful. But like you could just laugh it off and go, oh, it's just a, it's just banter, blah, blah, blah. But also, it's not. You know what I mean? It, it is it wasn't great. Yeah, everyone just needs to do better in that regard, don't they? I mean, you know, you get it up and down the length and breadth of the country, wherever you've gone, however however how many away games you've been to, I've always heard it. You know what I mean? You'll have heard it loads over the last couple of years. It happens, people are knobheads, just it's education that's needed. To, to for people to understand that it, it is everywhere and it's not cheap point score and it is abhorrent the right word it's the only word I think that you can use to describe it it's disgusting people need to be better yeah Carragher fair play to this Carragher and all these media because so often we've all sat here clubbing on why isn't no one talking about this we, we can all hear this you've been in stadiums and heard it as loud as anyone over the last year or so I thought it was again maybe it's Jamie Carragher's a scouser and he gets, he gets the connection also but it has been you know a few different I think Miguel Delaney put out as well on his The Athletic wrote something this morning it does feel like there's a bit of momentum towards rightly criticising this because for a while it has kind of felt like we were the only ones here it's like is anyone else listening to this? Because we can hear this. It feels like now there is a, a, a shift towards people actually pointing out how wrong it is. I don't know. It might just be because it's Luton and you're not ruffling as many feathers because when I was at City, it was absolutely awful and Jamie Carragher was on comms that day and just decided to ignore it that day as well. Um, not and we spoke about it. Manchester City put out a statement. Pep Guardiola basically denied that anyone inside that stadium had said it. Um, and it just felt like... Well, the best thing to do here is ignore it because at least there's not going to create a whirlwind and I'm not in the front of that because this is Luton and no, with all due respect, no one gives a damn. Um, if it was Manchester City, you know, they're probably going to win the quad uh, this season. Like they're mm. going to be on newspapers everywhere, the, the, the forefront. They are Hopefully the they best can't. team. Yes, <laughs> the best team in the world. Um I hope it's not because it was just easy to to basically criticise Luton. Um, but yeah, let's keep calling it out. Don't call it out this game and not call it out the next game because... I mean, I hear it nearly every week. Um, and if I can hear it and you just can all hear it through the TV, it's mad that, you know, 
commentators only choose when to pick it out well done to him for for picking it out and well done to other journalists for for jumping on and also you know calling it out but let's do it consistently let's make sure it's in it's constantly uh, at the front of the four minds of every single person in the sporting world um and let's say something actually happens repercussions happens to Luton fans because it wasn't just a group of people yeah. singing that it was it was a lot of people I, it wasn't the individual I just never understand why you don't just sing about your own team exactly, no, exactly. That's, the yeah. that's the thing that baffles me yeah. and it shouldn't be on a day like that especially yeah, yesterday yeah. Yeah. holding beating Liverpool for a period yeah. of time that's the dream come true they were in the National League six years ago yeah. that yeah. is absolutely everything they should be yeah. so proud of what they were doing but instead they choose that moment to sing about Liverpool and Scousers it's just and laughable wild. there's more fear banks in the UK than and there is Mackie's and that is a bit hard to believe um, let's celebrate so the fact yeah, the that, yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. we're all celebrating that's just a bit vile as well so let's just cut that and out especially after like you know we're not that far removed from Nottingham Forest fans come with a big banner yeah. so yeah. brilliant and, and tragedy yeah. chanting and but all last that type season, of stuff and... they were singing it to us but that, that's the difference that's what happens when people call it out there's more recognition of it last season away at the ground we were subjected to it and yeah, once yeah, again yeah. no one called it out the, I think the only person who called it out um, was the likes of Neil Jones and that who were inside the stadium and could hear it and thankfully they've they've actually made a stance this season at Anfield which is you brilliant need, you need done. to self-police as fans yeah. don't yeah. you yeah. and, that, I mean, and that's what it comes down to exactly Liverpool fans like I always get it I, I, I hate so much online because it just becomes a tiff for tough thing Chris but like you always get well you see, you guys have sang about Munich in the past like, Liverpool fans have absolutely sang about Munich in the past but it's been self-policed out now it, it, it just wouldn't happen if I'm on the cop and I started singing songs about Munich someone would rightly put me in my place. They kick me out the ground, I get a slap around the head or someone to tell me to shut shut the fuck up, basically. It feels like Forest fans have done that and they've kind of self-policed yeah. it. Again, hopefully other fans can take note because it, especially in the winter, the Feed the Scouts' Christmas song comes out and it, it, it isn't great. But you're right, I think as much as calling it out good, it, that all that calling out needs to do is get make someone think to themselves, should I be singing this song? And if everyone thinks that, the answer will then be no and then no one will sing it. That's but. It feels like we're a long way off, unfortunately, from that. Yeah, we are. It's the... I don't know, man. It's, 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 I've, I've always found it really hard to talk about because I can't put myself in a position where I'd do that to somebody else. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't compute with me. It's not something that I've done. You know, I have sung songs about Manchester United when I was a young kid and I've been told otherwise and I, I realised the mistakes that I've made and, you know, i have never do that again and stuff. And, you know, I've spoken about it a thousand times on this channel when I've said things that have been um that have harmed other people and stuff and you you, you grow up and you make a mistake um but the, the, this stuff is like it's a, it's not just a countrywide thing it's a worldwide thing at the moment it's like it's it's what what is do you think it's actually funny that people can't have enough food it's mad do you really <laughs> and you think you want a group mentality thing and sing about it yeah lads we're having a little sing-along do you want to come and sing about these people who are dying over in africa no, you don't, because it's fucking weird. Why are you doing it in a football st stadium? No, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing, when people only call it out once, and this was the problem with the likes of City, because City didn't take any... They basically turned around and was like, uh-oh, okay, but it's not us. See you later. Did it really happen? That's what you kind of felt City were doing, especially Pep Guardiola. And once you do that, it then seems, oh my God, it is banter because no one's took responsibility for this. No one's came out and said, this is really bad, this. And that's what happens when, when it only gets brought to the mind of someone once and people see a set of fans singing it. Jamie Carragher coming out and talking about it's really good, but unless anything actually happens, 
people will just know hey it's wound Jamie Carragher up it's wound their fans up yeah. look at this let's do it again yeah. and that's the problem until we actually consistently cut it out and call it out it'll just be a <clears throat> let's all jump on the bandwagon because it's annoyed them it's pissed them off it's got them angry and it's banter and that is the problem when you you, you choose and pick when to call it out yeah, fingers crossed it, all, it stops you know, and keep calling it out is the, is the best thing right then down from a, a really horrendous moment there and what's been a horrendous week or yes. so for Luis Diaz um, another truly memorable moment I remember obviously Alison's head just that shortly after his father had died and how emotional that was for obviously for different reasons um, Luis Diaz getting on the pitch scoring an equaliser we'll find out in May how big a point that was yeah. if Liverpool wins something by a point we could we could all look back on it but it truly was another memorable moment, moment rather and like, I can't even imagine what he's gone through and what he is still going through. I think it's fair to say, it's not just something that's happened, it's still happening. Yeah. Uh, there's been updates today about, um, you know, they're still not releasing his dad because of there's issues about police in the area and stuff. I think James Pierce reported. Mm-hmm. Like, fair enough, fair, fair enough, like we talked before about the character of a, of a person. That's the first thing, just to be, forget about the goal, just to be available on the pitch and willing to do it just shows, like, yeah, a, a tremendous strength of character from him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Incredible courage, incredible bravery, like you say, for him to even be there, let alone come on the pitch and do what he then does. Um, credit to him for that. Obviously, I know he's, you and Klopp spoke about it, he said earlier on this week, I think it was on the Thursday or the Friday, he said he wanted to get back involved in training, something to take his mind off it, basically, which you can absolutely understand um, because he must have been had a traumatic horrendous uh, last few days to be honest for everything that's been going on and I think it was his little girl's birthday as well this week and obviously the granddad it's just a terrible situation but yeah for him um, to come on and do that just shows the strength of the man basically like I say with such courage such bravery uh, and and it's almost written, wasn't it? You mentioned the Alison stuff there. And it's interesting how they got Alison to speak after it as well and sort of speak about how much it meant to him. And football has this way about it, doesn't it? Albeit, you know, only a point in the grand scheme of things. And who knows what that might mean in terms of Liverpool's season. But the fact it was Diaz and the fact it's been the week that it's been and he's made himself available and then obviously gets to show his message on his shirt and stuff like that. It's a real poignant moment. And it's like... It makes you wonder, like, I was so fuming with Liverpool yesterday, but then when you sort of take it out of his context, I think, do you know what, it's just footy, but what he's going through means so much more. So it was nice and it was so, so special that it could be him and nobody deserved to have a say on that football match more than Lewis Diaz yesterday, just for being there really more than anything else. I've always noticed, Chris, like, something, again, feel free if I'm putting words in your mouth, I apologise, but, like, we've all, we love footy, we love Liverpool, like, it's the, and we, we, we've always kind of been, like, the, the Carlo Ancelotti of it's the most important of the least important things kind of thing. And we, I think we've always lived by that. That's why we're not a channel or a group of people who scream and shout down the TV and say mad things just to get people watching and listening to what we say. We've always kind of took it as what it is. And moments like that are kind of, that's A, why it's so special, but B, why we all think of that because literally it could be worse. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that, that lad is going through something which I can't even begin to imagine how I would be in the same situation. And it was, all, it was like the positives of footy in terms of like how magical it can be, but also like a reality check of, this is real life, you know, and this is what this lad's going through. And it, it kind of reminded to us all, like Dan said, no one's sat there losing their heads because Liverpool, because it was a nice a reminder of like what footy is in the grand scheme of things, really. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely was, wasn't it? I think Andrew Madley probably deserves a little bit of credit here as well because 
like just for not giving him a yellow card. Yeah. Like, yes. You know what I mean? You imagine yeah. the uproar that would have happened if he'd have given him a yellow card. But for him to be able to put that positive message out there, obviously gets the goal. He's able to show that t-shirt, which obviously means a lot. I wonder whether anyone, everyone else, would have had a t-shirt of some description on. You Fair know, possibly. You know, yeah. f- for his father, obviously wouldn't say exactly the same things and stuff. But just showing a little bit of restraint there from Madley and actually not doing something ridiculous, which you kind of expect them to do most of the time. Yeah. You should mention the FA as well in the same breath. We don't praise them ever on the show for obvious reasons, but they are also not taking action because apparently I didn't know they're not allowed to show messages anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. On the show. I wasn't aware of that, but they could have easily punished him for that. But it's why they held up the Lewis not. Diaz shirt last time because it kind of worked the way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not going to punish Diaz for doing that, which is absolutely the right decision, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would have been an absolute shit storm they? if yeah, they'd yeah, done yeah, something yeah. like that. But no, I suppose back, back on to it. Like obviously, it, it is massively important to everybody around the world, and you know, it, I think it's proven how important it is to Luis as as well and you get to you get to know a player so probably more through when they're going through something and I think Louis Diaz this week you know we obviously all hoping for a speedy resolution to it and stuff but if there's something else you know I love Louis Diaz that little bit more because of what he's been able to do for us I suppose Chloe like I say going back to it like the damage the foot he has been able to be a bit of a distraction for him which again some people would want that some people wouldn't he clearly is of the mentality that yeah that's what he need, that that's what's best for him so for him to get that moment is, is, is hope touch wood it, when this when this situation's resolved it, he'll be able to look back on that with pride you know what I mean obviously provided his dad gets back safe and sound and everything's okay that is a real moment that he can look back on and go you know I I, I showed amazing courage and, and mental strength just to be able to function in life because again some, I, I can't imagine I would, I would be like if my dad was kidding I'd be a mess so you can only fair play to him for that yeah like Jürgen said he, it was his decision whether he wants to be there or not and the fact that he said yeah it gives him some control he doesn't have control over the situation what's yeah, going on with his dad but he has control over this football game and when he came on you could see it he was direct he was the one who wanted to to really have a grip on the game uh, he was trying to take lads on and, and try and push them back into their box and it's because he felt like he had an impact he could he could do something and that's a really good distraction for him because there is nothing he can do on the other situation it's just an extremely distressing situation and to have a little bit of a, a distraction um you know, it might have done him well, and for for the moment, hopefully, um, he can look back on it and and think of it fondly. Um, when you know, um, hopefully his dad gets back safe. But yeah, it was it was just a desire. As soon as he came on, you saw the lad who when he came on the pitch it was like he'd he was doing it for his dad as well or it was like he'd completely let the rest of the universe go out of his mind and all he was bothered about was trying to do his best for for Liverpool the run is brilliant he gets the contact he doesn't edit it but it's sound it, it loops over the goalkeeper it's in it's a goal <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah um, he, he deserved that moment and fair play to him because if he would have missed that game of football there's not a single person in the world who could turn around and say why is he not like we would all be like yeah fair play instead he comes up trumps and saves Liverpool from sheer embarrassment uh, also has a message that he's he's able to you know send out there to the rest of the world um, and hopefully it's a moment that, that he can save and, and think big about. decision clock putting him in yeah. yeah, big decision bringing yeah. him onto the pitch. I think yeah. in the best case scenario, Klopp thinks I'll keep him on the bench, great, but we don't use him. Yeah, but he's at he's at to and he's rolled the dice and he's put a lot of trust in Luis Diaz and clearly it was 
It was just rightly placed. See, absolutely. I was I was asking for Louis Diaz instead of Cody Gakpo, and after he I saw Cody Gakpo come on, I thought maybe we're trying to keep him out the limelight. Maybe we're gonna like if he does come on, if we're still in 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 this kind of situation. I think at the time we were nil nil. Even if we were at that situation with five to go, okay, then he comes on because he gets the reception. And fair play to the Luton fans, you actually gave him a good reception. I can you know fumed at you for what you did earlier but I'll praise you for that um, he got the reception from the Liverpool fans as well um, so I think that was a big moment as well to show him that he, he wasn't on his own because he has been isolated from he's not been isolated from the squad necessarily because they're all still in contact with him but the wider fan base he finally got to understand that we're all there with him as well yeah like I say we'll find out in due course whether how big that point is down the line before we go to the first break got a couple of super jets both from Joseph Clark first one 499 uh, says it says disappointing results obviously but perspective needed we're going to have setbacks this season it's not going to be plain sailing and we didn't lose nice glass half full uh, from Joe and then secondly I also think Endo should be getting more minutes for me he's been better than McAllister in that role well funny you mention that Joseph because after the break we will be talking about Alexis McAllister defensive midfielders Liverpool's aspirations for the rest of the season and of course the continued links with Andre as well so yeah we'll be back with part two after this quick break where we're going to try and get you to buy some bad jump selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Some absolutely fine Christmas acting from you two there, guys. Just did a, a great job with that one. Shout we've run out of sizes then now we're, we've only got three sizes left I believe so we are starting to run low on them so if you have been thinking about buying some uh, buying one of those jumpers you need to move fast I think the smalls have completely gone I think the two XLs there's only like l literally five left a handful left 
um, and we're running out of the, the mediums and the larges as well so yeah you need to get on it quickly because uh, they will run out before you get a chance to buy otherwise there you go get your Redmen Christmas jumpers redmenmerch.com whilst we are in the business of passing on some information if you've been following us on our social channels there you will have noticed that we've announced our next two live events and finally we're getting back out of the city because it's been too long we've, I mean I love doing the Liverpool live shows but it's nice to get back on the road or in this case boat slash plane we haven't quite decided that we're getting across the Irish Sea fingers crossed it's plane that boat doesn't matter <laughs> but anyway um, we're doing live shows in Belfast and in <laughs> Dublin Sunday the 24th of March at Limelight in Belfast and then Monday the 25th of March at the Academy in Dublin we're doing all the Red Men is that an O2 Academy? I think it's just called the Academy okay cool yeah, let's let's. Uh, no, no, don't think it could was. I don't think it is. Anyway, still a great venue, Chris. Obviously, so you've put a lot of research into where we're going. <laughs> okay, well the answer's no. But <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to not disparage the place. That, yeah, they, yeah. They, it, it might be better. It's probably better than the O2 Academy. Well, it is better. in Dublin's yeah. like wow, the Academy. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, boss. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to get involved, years since we've been over there. It's so long, and like I say, more to come. We've got a special musician who's going to be joining as well to sing some amazing Liverpool songs and that on the night, as well as the usual Red Men. Well, nonsense, really. Yeah, shenanigans is the, probably the best way of putting it. So, yeah, the tickets will be available from Friday at 10 a.m. And we are reliably informed by both venues that they expect them to sell pretty quickly. Numbers are quite limited. So, ticketmaster.ie on Friday morning for both venues, Belfast and Dublin. Keep an eye on all our socials and all that as well. All the info will be there. But, yeah, if you are in Belfast, if you're in Dublin or any of the surrounding towns and cities, etc., or if you just want to fancy like a little weekend away over the over the Irish Irish Sea to come and watch us, yeah, fair enough. Get yourselves involved, but yeah, Friday and do get them quickly. I can't wait. Are you looking forward to it? I'm really looking forward. It's been to it. so I've long. Got, I've not got drunk on stage in Ireland for ages. How much Guinness are you going to consume? <sighs> Pre normally go for four or five. That, that might be too much. And then during, probably the same. They're like meals. That's like ten meals. <laughs> <laughs> They are heavy, heavy drinks. <laughs> if you want to see a drunken Chris Pajak, I mean, you might want to go to the Belfast show because you might not make the double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go over Chris Pajak and the double one. Yeah. Okay, so well, yeah, Friday, we, I, I am absolutely buzzing. It's been so long, I can't wait to get back over there. The last time was an absolute ball, but I'm led to believe I wasn't there, but you said they had a good show. It was so great. Gonna make uh, it. What was the song I came out to? I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was Will Smith. What was the one he did in the film, Wow Wow West? Okay. Because we had entrance music and stuff, so it came out doing Wow Wow West and stuff like that. Yeah. I've done Taylor Swift, Shake It Off, Dancing Down Tables. You did Barbie Girl, the last one. Barbie Girl was one of the ones that I've come out to. Yeah, like it, like it. Can't wait, can't okay. wait. I'll be learning a dance routine from now so that it's completely ruined by the five pints of Guinness come March. I'm led to believe as well that, um, obviously, with these venues, probably um, the production level might be up to Maybe it's get like more... So more more jazzy entrances as well, Chris. You might so I'm looking forward to that. Really? Yeah, you might be able to go to the next <sighs> level. Okay. Absolutely. Can I tell you a quick story while we're on this, by the way, because I want to do it anyway. I told you guys off air, but I thought it was really funny that I said I've been the one who's been back and forth with the like the, the people organising this and they asked us to send some pictures over. Aaron, can you bring this post this picture for those who are watching? I'll describe it for the listeners. It's obviously Paul in the middle with me and Chris fla- uh, flanking him either side. Is the is the promo picture? I sent the, I sent the picture over originally to the promoter and he put me front and centre, absolutely massive with you and Paul either side. You should have done it. I was so tempted to leave it. I think you'd have been fine with it. Paul would have been livid. 
absolutely, which is why I probably should have left it. But also, I thought we might, we might be more likely to sell tickets with Paul's face in the middle. Was my thinking. He's, he's slightly. <laughs> should have sent it to Paul though. He's, I, I was tempted. Just I should have just, just, just done it. Should have just done it. I know. Maybe, but obviously the promoter. I would have loved the WhatsApp from him yeah. to say, on the, you well, it's on the billboard somewhere." On <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he'd have done it directly to me, or do you think he'd have told you to go like, "What's this"? I think he'd have told no, you if he'd he message me and said, "Change that now." Yeah, I think he would have. Rightly <laughs> so as well. But yeah, that was a that was a, anyway. I thought that was a, an amusing story. Hopefully, you guys did too. Uh, after what was a very heavy, as Chris Page, I put it in the break part one of the podcast. <laughs> I thought I like the mood up a little bit. Um, in part two, then Chloe, I'm going to I'm going to come to you first. It was interesting because obviously it's been a very Jamie Carragher heavy uh, show. This, but there was a couple more things that he said post game that really caught my attention. The first one from Jamie Carragher was that he says Liverpool can't win the league they put on trying to win the league they're trying to get in the top four and I'll be honest I respect a lot of what Jamie Carragher says but that was complete news to me because I am totally invested in a title race until we're not in one I've never once thought this season about getting back in the top four I've just thought it was time to win the league and if you come top four so be it but I was surprised I've, I, I've not had that sense of many Liverpool fans that the aim was top four I, I don't know what view you have I don't know I think I think we all hoped that we could maybe, you know, make a resurgence because there was that season and where we were absolutely crap and then the next season we were on for the quads up until the very last day. Um and it I think we all had that hope. There is still, you know, the same mentality there. You've got better better players in there in, in certain areas. I think we all would have just thought okay well we're going to try and get back into the top four that is our aim that is the minimum but as we've played and as we've got more attached to the players that we've seen who are new we've realised that maybe the benchmark and our goal also increases um, and we've done well so far to the start of the season and and I don't think we're going to win a, t- a title I don't I think Manchester City is just far too good I think they're a level above us sadly uh, but in my heart I will continue to hope um, and we've still even with a draw to Luton we are still in and around the area. You know, we, we play Manchester City and we're three points off them. That that game's in, in two games' time. Take three points off them. I know it's not <laughs> going to be as easy as saying that, but, you know, th- there's a chance there. So, yeah, I agreed with them a bit more than you because I don't think Liverpool... I, I just think Manchester City are t- an entirely different beast. And I think maybe we are missing a, a player here and there. However... A title is still on at this moment in time, and you cannot breed. I have my own thoughts. Jurgen Klopp cannot be breeding into this play, into this team. Yeah, lads, we're just going for top four, so don't worry. Points dropped it. That's not you want elite mentality, and the elite mentality which Sobislav has already shown in interviews is we can win everything. We're going to try and win everything, and if we fail, let's see where we how far we fall. I've just I'm of the of the sense, Chris. Like I've just thought. Yeah, it is a title race. Because I'll be honest, I think I do think City are the favourites. Of course, they are. They'll be the favourites until they're mathematically out of it because they are so good. But like, I've had the sense the opposite from Jurgen. Like, I have I've actually thought more of like he thinks he's in a title race. Some of the reactions he's had to wins and stuff, where it's been really big moments. Some of the decisions he's made. Some of the things it has made me made me think Liverpool think they're in a title race. What do you think Jurgen's mindset is? 
I think Jürgen's mindset is you go out there and you try and win absolutely everything, which is what Chloe's saying. I think what Dan said in part one is probably true as well, which is you're in a title race until you're not in a title race. You know, and I don't think Jürgen is going in there preaching, the, like Chloe said then, we're going for top four. We're going to win absolutely everything that we can get our hands on. You know, I don't think we're the favourites for this either. I think that's Manchester City's to lose, but one Rodri injury and they lose a couple of games. You know, another Rodri injury, they could lose another couple of games. You know, you've got to be there to pick up the pieces you know Leicester were there a few years ago to pick up the pieces when all the all, everyone else dropped off you've just got to be in and around it and when you are trying to build a side you've got to build that again Chloe said it that elite mentality and stuff like that so you can only get that by winning games you can only get that by continuing to try to win games and see where you get and you're know, winning a trophy here and a trophy there great but you'll only find out about these players when they are in a title race you know if you get top four what are you doing are you throwing the baby out of the bathwater because you don't think they're good enough or do you want to see how far you can push these lads? And I think Jürgen will be pushing them as far as he can. I think, I'll be honest with you, I think it's just one of those things where when Jamie's on live TV, he said it wrong. I, 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 that's honestly what I think it is. When you think you ask him, if you were to straight up ask him, does Jürgen think he can win the league? I think he goes, he probably hopes that he can win the league and he's a realist and probably thinks Man City are the favourites, which is exactly what yeah, probably all, of us, all of us have just said there. But he's in a live TV environment and you know what it's like. Everyone hangs on every single word that you've said. He's probably just misspoke. I suppose as well, Dan, the, the, the part where he says, you know, Liverpool can't win the title without a defensive midfield, then it goes on to. But that can be rectified this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's always counted his own. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to speak about that in a moment, but it brings it back. I also agree with that. If we didn't sign mm. a defensive midfielder, I don't think we could win the league. It brings <laughs> it back to what Joseph said before the Super Chat in part one. I was like, maybe it has to be end of time now because at least until January, we'll, we'll, we'll speak about Andre in a moment. Yeah. But like, we are at a point now with Alexis where he's not he's not in good form anyway. He clearly struggles to, like you mentioned, sniff that danger out in times like that. I, I said on the final words, I hate repeating myself too much on shows, but like. Do you remember when we had no centre-backs and we started playing midfielders as centre-back? <laughs> yeah, and then we decided that, yeah. we'd, be, we'd be better off just playing that dual centre-backs there, even if they're not as good at footy. And it kind of way, like, now Phillips and Reese Williams are not as good at footy as Jordan Henderson and Fabinho, Fabinho yeah. but they were centre-backs. That's kind of where I'm at with Endo now. And obviously, we'll see against Brentford mm. and because, End, because of McAllister can't play, but it does feel like the decision, or the, I say decision, <coughs> by choosing to go for Endo obviously after having lost out on Casado and Lavia it feels like it might, it might be the time to put him in because Liverpool aren't really doing themselves no favours not really doing Alexis any favours either that last point is one of the more poignant ones to me the fact that Mikhailson just looks completely devoid of any confidence even the stuff that isn't necessarily sort of second nature to a defensive midfielder because Chris is right on the point he doesn't have those defensive instincts because that's not what he is as a footballer he likes to be further advanced he likes to be making things happen in the final third but even the simple stuff now all of a sudden that he can do he can do it like that simple passes, 20-yard balls, whatever it may be. He's not even getting them right now. And that's just for me, because like I say, he's going through a rough time of it and his Liverpool career hasn't started the way he would have liked. He's seen Sobberslai, he's seen Gravenberg come in and hit the ground run. He's probably looking at them going, oh, I wish that was me a little bit. He's probably a little bit jealous of the fact that they're playing in the positions and the roles they want to be and he's not. He's done an okay job for the most part in that position. I don't think he's been sort of horrendous by any stretch. I think we went from probably his best performance last weekend to one of his worst yesterday, I think it's probably fair to say. But the point you make about defenders and that season is one I made two or three weeks ago on this show. And I think at some point, 
No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> at, some point, at some point, you do because Paul. Maybe can't... we should have put Dan Sensor yeah, on our promo. No, but Paul kind of shut it down. Paul shut, shut it down at the time. It was like it, it wasn't a thing. But at some point, you need to put specialists in the specialist roles, and I think we might be there. Obviously, as you oh, say, yeah, I remember you saying that. Actually, we're yeah, gonna that's see it. Part. We're gonna see it with Endo next weekend. So let's see how that looks. But I think I'm there as well because I'm not sure. I don't know if we're going to get the best out of McAllister at any point in that six role. It's just never going to happen. So we need to get his confidence back up a little bit and give him some games in the eight when he's back available, of course. And maybe it is just endo until January. But of course, when you look at the fixtures, you look at United, you've got Arsenal, you've got Man City, you've got Newcastle in there. That's before we can do anything about it in terms of rectifying it with an Andre signing potentially. So if you are going to throw Endo in it's a baptism of fire like he's had a little game here and there in the cup and you know a little run out in the Premier League for 20 minutes half an hour and then you're suddenly going to go they are mate there's your start go and enjoy that that run that's really difficult so I'm not sure he'll do it but I probably would by now I suppose as well Chloe I, I'm, going to, I'm going to touch upon the Andre stuff in a moment I think a lot of people were watching the couple of bits of the Ornish final the other day <laughs> just to keep an eye on how, and how he got on and he, and he had a good game by all accounts but it's a long way away. Like December is miles away. I know it's only a couple of months away till the window opens, but like Liverpool have got so many games between now and the New Year's that yeah, I mean, it might it might just be sticking with McAllister. That might be the option. Hope he just gets better at it and hope he does. But I haven't seen too many signs that I think on the ball he'll be absolutely fine. He had a bad game. He gave it away too much the other day, but that them's the breaks. It does. It's that Liverpool are too easy to counter attack even still. And it is because there's no one really in that midfield who's they'll all run back and they'll all try the you know try the nuts off to get to get back into shape. But there's no one who's like cutting it off at source, which is what Fabinho was so good at for so long. And you do wonder. I actually saw a little bit of Endo doing this in certain when he has been on the pitch uh, for us. It maybe it is time. <sighs> Why is it sorry, Cole? Why, but why do you think it's, is it just because you don't think Endo's that good? It's because I'm not I'm not too sure what Endo is still. I've seen yeah, I've seen glimpses of him playing alright, but I've also seen him thrown in the deep end against Newcastle away and he looked like a fish out of water. He he looked like he didn't have a clue. Um he played against Lask and I thought to myself, I've got no idea what he's doing. Like I, I don't know what what he is um, and that is the thing is I'm fine I think he's gotten better I think he's gotten more confident as well but he isn't as good of a footballer as McAllister is in my mind and if he's not going to play good enough or as good as McAllister is then you've, you've got a tough decision to make I don't want to throw him in and then be absolutely crap and us all annihilate him and us go back to McAllister and then be scared every time we rotate Endo in that's not what I want I feel like he needs to gain more confidence um, I mean he, he got a, a header which was an unbelievable header had a goal for us against Forest. hopefully that gives him confidence I wouldn't mind seeing it I, I'd like to see it against an easier opponent than, than you know throwing him in at the deep end because when he played against Newcastle I was seriously concerned for the lad um, but it's it's hard what Liverpool need to make sure they do they're gonna the, the only options are those two players they're gonna have to rotate them up until you know January comes and you've got to hope that Liverpool are still somehow in a title race by that time and once you know if, if you've somehow still got you know, you're two, three points behind Manchester City at that point. You've done absolutely <laughs> incredible. Why can't you go and win a title with an actual DM there? Because you've done it with two lads who one is is 
not at the peak of his powers um, and has been brought in for a stopgap and the other is just playing right out, out, out of position and can't win a ball because his tackling percentages are absolutely horrific. Sorry, McAllister, but they are. I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of similar to you, Chloe. I, I think, you know, for me, it's a, I'm a little bit afraid of why Jürgen hasn't done it yes. so far, which that, that's, yep. that's not... For, but when I've watched him... I'll tell you about End. What I think of Endo is, I think he's really good with the ball at his feet. I think yeah. his passing's really good. It's his position I'm a bit scared of. And yeah. his pace. I, I think his position is not very good. And, and, and yeah, obviously they're the, the obvious things, but like him just not being in the right place. Like you can talk about tackling percentage from McAllister all you want, but he's in the right place to try and make those tackles. Yeah. Mm. From what I've seen of, and, and again, I've been in Auto Cup on the halfway line in the upper Kenny it's as good a view as you're going to get of a midfielder in their positioning anywhere in the ground and it just doesn't look that good to me and that's a, that's a concern now that's something that you can improve with understanding of the system and everything else so you can coach that you can you can teach him to be in the right position maybe that's what Jürgen's doing you know we did see for a long time Fabinho not going as the six it was around while, as well so while he learned the role and how yeah. Liverpool want so maybe that's what Jürgen's doing and he's just seeing it and thinking right, well you know what McAllister is just only a stopgap solution, but he's a good stopgap while Endo learns the rope. So I'm not, I, I don't know one way or the other what, what Jürgen should do because I don't know enough about Endo. But all I can see week in, week out is he's picking McAllister. And for me, there's a reason, and I don't know what that reason is yet. I suppose, Chris, going back to what Chloe said there, like, he hasn't got a choice next game, right? Well, he has. He could play Jones or Gravenberts there, I suppose, and do something mad, but McAllister got himself suspended. It's an opportunity for Endo, though. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I, was, I was going to say, Gravenberts mm. wasn't in the team. Curtis Jones was rightly in the team, and I think Liverpool probably missed him a little bit against Luton, actually. Um, but then, Gravenberts got in and stayed in. This, this is an opportunity now for Endo. McAllister's got himself suspended, five bookings. If Endo plays well against Bournemouth... Probably not sorry, a bad chance, Bre- by the way, getting a, yeah. get a suspension for Brentford rather than getting one in the next game. For yeah. four City, I wonder, yeah, maybe. But if if, Mc- if Endo plays well against Brentford, then he, he, you know you probably do want a DM. Ideally, you would want a DM against Manchester City of all teams. So the opportunity's there for him. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, I know it's only one game and there's a bit of a one-game audition. might be a bit harsh on him, but there is, there is scope there for him to get himself in the team and stay in the team because that's exactly what Gravenberch did when yeah and, and there's always that there's always been a meritocracy going back to Rodgers at Liverpool hasn't there if, if you play well in the shirt the shirt yours we've seen it earlier on in the season with Matip being yeah. the centre half alongside Virgil van Dijk but Canate's put some good performances in it's now now it looks like it's Canate's shirt to lose and I'm sure we'll see it again um, at times whether it, whether it be Timakash or Gomez who might be in one of those little meritocracies at the moment I don't know but this is a massive opportunity for and he's got to put down a marker to say I'll be, I'll be in this side and, and it's up for McAllister for when he gets his opportunities to play better and get in but the other thing about the Luton game is there was 10 or 11 crap players against Luton yeah. it yeah. wasn't just McAllister was no, absolutely, it? Yeah. yeah it wasn't just the, it wasn't the, the main point it was just one of the points <laughs> TJ yeah Andre will solve the problem let's move on to Andre then because uh yeah, Fluminense. I always, I always really yeah, yeah, struggle with that one. Yeah. Tell me, Fluminense. Fluminense. There you go. Won the Copa Libertadores. Of course, he did play a vital role in the game. He, he was actually, I actually, I did actually watch part of it. Um, keep an eye on it before I had other, otherwise engaged. But Daniel, I know you watched it and you were, yeah. you were on the, you were on the socials. It's since come out uh, according to is it G Globo or G E Globo. Either way, Brazilian outlet. Um, 
Mario Bittencourt, the president of Fluminense, has an agreement with Andre and Nino for them both to leave to a European team at the end of the year. Now, Nino's going to Nottingham Forest. Forest yeah. That's pretty much all signed and sealed, delivered. And uh, it looks like the, the general mood moves. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to think it's the world's worst kept secret. <laughs> and uh, he's joining Liverpool. He has to wait till January, of course, when the window opens. And also, Fluminense now gets to play in the Club World Cup, I yeah. think I'm right in saying. So that's worth mentioning. But, I mean... That's all. If we're expecting this lad to come in having played almost a full season of brilliant footy and just be the answer to Liverpool's problems within a couple of weeks of January in a new country in a new league like I hope he's brilliant and by all accounts he looks really good but like my goodness it feels like we're putting a lot of pressure on this kid if that is the case yeah I think he's really special um, and I really hope we sign him there is a little arsehole of Fulham sniffing around as well by all accounts but I do think Liverpool remain the front runners for that signature we've done a lot of groundwork on this the conversations have already been spoken about that we had in the summer their president came out and spoke about them recently even in the commentary in the game on Saturday it was spoken about Liverpool's interest in Andre which is fascinating you don't hear that very often uh, I think the comments that you've said if Liverpool fans are watching there's probably a good reason as to why um, Tim Vickery obviously knows his stuff down there as well has mentioned Liverpool's interest quite a lot in recent weeks so I do think we are very much the favourites to get him but you're right nobody can expect him to come in and sort of fix all our ailments um, in one sort of week because it's going to take some adaptation they play a completely different system there I know Chris has been sort of looking into it it's it's different from anything football's really seen I think for a long time it's anti-Guardiola it's been described to me as it's like the opposite of what he likes nobody really has a set position they all kind of float around just follow wherever the ball is a little bit all over the place at one point in the weekend then number 10 that Ganso was playing centre half like 15 minutes because he just found himself there it was weird but yeah Andre looks a real deal um, there's a moment in the game on Saturday where he gets the ball wins the ball back and goes on a mad run and while he does so there's people are just scrapping by one side <laughs> South American footy for you somebody got, somebody got head in the first half and yeah. didn't get sent off They're like what's going on and then the lad um, got slapped in the face and, and did go yeah it was mental but yeah, Andre I've watched him a little bit now I've seen three or four games of his I've done a little bit of research on him and I think he's brilliant and I said to somebody this morning I can't remember who it was now he, I mean, I knew last night he's more than just a DM he's not just a destroyer he controls football matches and I think that's where we're kind of moving to the fact we've seen McAllister I've said it before that looks like a little bit of a precursor to the type of DM that we want we don't just want a McAlealy Fabinho type Fabinho was good technically as was McAlealy but you don't just want someone's going to win the ball back and give it to the next guy you want somebody who's got a little bit more than that and Andre feels very much like that to me I suppose as well Chloe like I say we've got a comment Bamalam nice name Andre will take uh and it will take some time to get up to speed. I wouldn't expect to see much of him until next year. And that's the thing, he will have played the full season. We can't sign him until next year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm guessing he makes next season. Nice. Paraphrasing, but you are. Really right. good. But again, I, I, I hope he's brilliant and I hope he is. And I'm, I hope he'll sign him by all accounts. He's really good. But pinning all your hopes of a second half of a season revival or whatever it is, or let's just get to January and we'll buy Andre and then it'll all be solved. If you buy Andre, you're not buying him for the next four months, you're buying him for five years. It, it does feel like you've got to be very, really careful. This lad, we did this a little bit with Naby Keita, where he got hyped to the hills, and then he just, and injuries of course happen, but like he never quite lived up to what, what we'd all built him up to be. This Andre thing might also be similar. He's been knocking around, our name's been muted for, for quite a while. We've all, we're all watching Copa Libertadores finals to watch him, like we were all watching RB Leipzig back in the day. I just feel like, I hope that if this is the case and Liverpool do sign, I'm like, Gotta be take it easy on him. Like it feels like a very pressurised situation otherwise. Yeah, but it also takes pressure off both Endo and McAllister, who also might thrive from that. You know, you might actually see McAllister play his actual position that we bought him for. And <laughs> he was again again, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, he would at the moment. But it it helps us out in terms of bodies. It helps us out in terms of you know taking the pressure off each other. Um, 
and he, he looks like a, a really good footballer. I, I can't say much because I I am in the, I think he's boss, but I'm a little bit scared to fully, you know, turn around and say he's unbelievable because he's playing in a league in which, you know, it's, it's not... There's fighting on the floor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, that's what's going on. He's not playing in a major league in, in one of the top five leagues in Europe or anything. Um, so... That it, it is going to take quite an adaptation for him, but I'm hoping that with how much we can rotate that and depending on the opponents, because McAllister worked brilliantly against the likes of Villa. Um, like he was so good in, in in that game, it was one of his better games, and it just helped us out having a ball playing midfielder there. But in other games, you do need that player who, who smells danger and wins the ball back for you before it's even they've even started to counter. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's one of them where I don't want to hype him up too much. I really, really hope we get him because not just is it a case of, you know, we, we don't fully know how good he is. Who else is available? I don't know who else is available. Colin Phillips? No. Right. I'd rather, I'd very much rather Andre at any level, to be perfectly honest. I'd rather Peter Andre. And- <laughs> Andre, three, Andre three thousand getting the, the Giants. Giants. <laughs> the Giants. He's been 20 years getting played DM as well. It's interesting because, like, Liverpool have I've got one non homegrown spot left in the squad already, so they can bring someone in. And it feels, like it, it feels like it could be him. But if you were looking at doing business in January, which I think Liverpool probably will have to do, is it the is that the spot you're looking at for the, if you're going 100%. to sign? Everyone knows it. That's it. Everyone knows Andre's who we want. We're going to go out there. We're going to sign Andre. He's going to come in. Hopefully, he does something a little bit like Luis Diaz did, where you can drive the team yeah. on a little bit and yeah. stuff like that. But if not, you know, you're absolutely spot on. Steve, we're buying him for the next five, six years. That's the that's the point of it. It's to improve year upon year, and you know, we'd have a young midfield with you know a 22 year old Andre, a 23 year old Sober Sly, Kurt Jones, Elliot, Gravenberg. You know, all these players are unbelievable and they grow up together and, you know, that solves your problems and, and then you look to challenge and stuff. So, yeah, we might not be there for a title challenge this season, but you get the pieces and the foundations in place. You don't know what's going to happen in the back end of this season yet. As I say, something that might could happen, City could have a mad drop-off, whatever. But then ultimately it's about the future and then the next part of that is, well, we've sorted our attackers out. You've got a Salah question. We've still not got an answer on that yet. You've sorted your midfield out. You might need a couple of defenders, but it looks like we've got a spine of a, a side you can challenge on multiple fronts for multiple years. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see how it all pans out. But yeah, it does. You, you, I suppose that all the mood music is like this one's going It feels like the world's worst kept secret yeah. for everybody involved. Um, it just it, it feels like it, it's when <clears throat> not if now doesn't it it feels like we're always waiting for and maybe this fact that they won that and then they've got this other competition the Club World Cup that maybe because I think he's been quite respectful to his team which is fair play to him like he hasn't he could have left he could have he could have kicked off by when when the interest was made it feels like he's been very respectful I think that I think honestly I think that's hardened our resolve because Jürgen wants players who are committed to the football club and who are good people and he's clearly committed to his football club and is a good person yeah we spoke about it last week the no dickhead policy he seems to have passed that already by committing the fact that he wants to stick around and that was first ever couple of episodes we spent the absolute world to them as you could probably tell by the celebrations and yeah I think Chris is right I think the fact he was willing to do that and that would this move if it does happen would be like a childhood dream for him you would imagine like how many players have we seen come from South America who just dream of playing in one of, uh, one of your elite football clubs and the fact he was willing to put it on hold and stick around and play for his boyhood club and oversee what they've done is it says a lot about him as a character as a person but I think you're right I think if it has to be if the can has to be kicked down the road because of a couple of Zadores I do wonder 
now where the cow will be kicked down the road a little bit further because of the Club World Cup and their domestic season's still going on. I think that finishes the 3rd of December, I think I might say. Usually the Club World Cup's Christmas time. Yeah, well, I think, that, I think they have the, the domestic, the Serie A will finish, like I say, early December and the Club World Cup will follow. They could end up playing Manchester City in that, actually. But um, they're not going to win the league. They're like eight or something like that. They're not really fighting for that. But yeah, I do wonder whether the conversations may start going on now. Who knows? They've already been had in the summer once over. So perhaps they revisit that now. But I do wonder whether any sort of official announcement, which is possible, by the way, you know, he can't play till January, of course, but you could say we've agreed the transfer of XYZ. Um, do Van Dijk I, got announced exactly. in before yeah, January. Can do it. I think Nottingham Forest are going to do it with the centre-half, to be honest with you. That looks very imminent. So I think Liverpool might hold off out of respect, potentially. And I think Andre will very much be on board with that as well. So, yeah, I think in terms of official signings, we might have to wait a little bit longer. But I think my sort of senses are that Liverpool will sign him I've spoken to quite a few people around it as well in the past including somebody who messaged me the other day saying look forward to Monday um, he clearly felt it was going to happen this week um, <laughs> but yeah I think Liverpool will get this signing done to be honest Absolutely speaking of uh, things we've all been doing this week then um, we're going to come to that in a moment there's what everyone's been up to and what everyone's got coming on Redmen this week we have got a biased football podcast straight after this show I'll be leaving because I've got to go and get we've been nominated for an award I'm going to an award show I've been uh, been selected to go to that one uh, Probably because Paul's in Belgium, so and Chris didn't want to go, but maybe. <laughs> so, but I'm going. To, I hope. I hope we go with that. But Chris will be hosting the Bias Football podcast shortly after. You've got Michal Arteta's VAR outrage about Man United and more officiating, of course. That'll be coming up later on. By the way, if you want to check that out over on Redmen Plus, if you sign up as a monthly captain, use the code Bias B I A S E D as the promo code. You'll get two months for half price while you check it all out. There you go. Use the code Bias fifty percent off a monthly captain subscription for your first two months have you got anything else going on guys this week Danny you've, got, who's, uh, you've been speaking to a lot of different people haven't you about this Andre stuff again yeah there will be a conversation with a Brazilian fella going out at some point this week yeah Brazilian journalist um, I've got some Javel Quanta stuff coming out next week as well and Chris Kirkland messaged me about an hour ago he wants to do something too so probably that as well I would imagine absolutely plentiful keeping everyone on the toes Chloe no no, uh, no game this week for you to, to get on a bus to are you, are you quite happy and relieved about that one or would you like to be going somewhere um, you know, I'm, I I love away days to be honest. Uh, Bournemouth in the piss and damn rain, I didn't enjoy as much. Believe it or you, not, you would have liked South of France. It's through South of France. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, but Paul's bagged you that one as well. So. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Fancy that? It's weird, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you guys will be on the watch along for that yeah, one together we're again. On the watch along. It didn't go so well. You know, I'm hoping Liverpool can redeem themselves when you two are on. Yeah. No pressure, but they never lose when me and I all do those watch alongs. They always lose when I'm on them. Oh, good. Okay, okay, we might have to make so a late change. That might be me and Dan then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might make a late change there. And Chris, I've uh, got deep dive tomorrow. Not sure what I'm doing on that one yet. Obviously, with watch alongs and stuff like that. So yeah, looking forward to it. Keep an eye out as well. Uh, we announced it on the socials a while ago now. We're finding Istanbul. Our latest YouTube series will be out during the next international break. Uh, yeah, I've been set. What is a ridiculous challenge by Paul and Chris? So yeah, keep an eye on the socials. Did you use Google Maps? Yes. Absolutely, yeah. It's quite easy to find. Istanbul. It's just... <laughs> but no, I think it's, it's in Turkey, isn't it? Uh, yeah, did you? I, I could have got my head on. Well, have you made a video series out of that? Yeah. Well, you, fucking hell, easy, like, you know what I mean? What are you doing? That would be the worst YouTube video of all time, just me yeah, pointing yeah. at a map. Well, there it is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Done! Until next time. Found Istanbul. Coming next, finding America on the Red Men TV. Finding Tokyo. Done it as well. So keep an eye out on that. That'll be coming out during the next international break. We're looking forward to sharing it. Sounds great. It really does. It's absolutely brilliant because you've dramatically 
undersold the concept of it. <laughs> but fair enough, absolutely fantastic. Anyway, like I said before, do check out the tickets for the live shows if you're over in Ireland, Northern Ireland, cities and towns around Dublin, Belfast, come and see us. Like I say, tickets will be out on Friday. And once again, to end the show, do go and check out the offer from HelloFresh. Get yourselves involved with that code, REDMEN6025. Save yourself some money off your first box and then even more money off your next eight boxes as well. Thanks to Dan, thanks to Chloe, and thanks to Chris for joining us. Thanks for you guys for listening or watching this episode of the Red Men Originals podcast. Stay tuned for the biased over on Red Men Plus in a bit. See you later.